So we are back today with Ev Worthington. If you haven't heard uh, his comments on forgiveness so far, be sure and go back and listen because it's remarkable. But Ev, thanks so much. Last time we talked, we talked about uh, a model that you have uh, worked on for a long time on how to make forgiveness real, concrete, practical, to actually be able to do it. And uh, I'm very much on this journey, very much needed it. And I find it incredibly helpful and very actionable. Um, and I, I, it's both practical and profoundly transformative. And uh, you use the word, the acronym REACH to help people remember it. Would you walk us through that REACH model? I, uh, I will. Uh, uh, let me say that the very first thing we usually try to do to help people forgive is to ask them to reflect back on their life and try to recall the hardest thing that they ever successfully forgave. Because if you can, you know, see over your life that you really have forgiven some pretty horrendous things, because we all encounter these, that helps you to realize that even though I'm struggling with this thing right now, I, you know, have a chance of being successful. God will help me through yeah. this. So the core of this method is called, uh, uh, which is called reach forgiveness. The core is this acrostic reach. And this is a way of experiencing emotional forgiveness. Now, there are two types of forgiveness. So one of those types is to make a decision to treat this person as a valuable, valued person created in God's image and and therefore worthy of our uh, honor uh, in a way. And so, you know, I'm going to make a decision to treat this person differently. And I can make that decision, but then, you know, <clears throat> this emotional change is often where we struggle. And it's often takes years and years uh, to, to experience that. And this acronym REACH helps people to work through that. So R stands for to recall the hurt, but to recall it a little differently than think the usual, what a jerk that person is and how much have I been damaged. To, to think about it in terms of E, <clears throat> empathy for the other person. This is not to, you know, justify that what they did was, was right in any way, but this is just to say they're human and can I, can I see how they might have been thinking about it? And I don't know exactly how they've been thinking about it, but can I imagine that? And so I use this creative, holy imagination that God's given us to, to empathize with the person to put myself in their position, sometimes using a, a kind of an empty chair that uh, is a kind of a pop psychology thing that's actually been investigated time and time again, and it will help people empathize to pretend that the other person is in this chair across from me, pour my heart out to them, get in that chair, you know, describe what how they might respond get back in the first chair and have this conversation. So R, recall the hurt. E, empathize with the person who hurt you. 
A, then give an altruistic gift of forgiveness. So this is altruistic in that they don't deserve to be forgiven, <clears throat> but I'm going to give this gift because I've been given the gift of forgiveness throughout my life. I know that I know that uh, God forgives me on the basis of what Jesus has done. I, I know that my parents forgave me for things. Uh, I know that friends have forgiven me. It's important not just to think that God forgave us because we can just go, well, of course, God forgave me. You know, God's God. But that's his job. Yeah, that's his job. He gets paid for that, I guess. But not, probably yeah. not. But, you know, if I can get into remembering how other people have forgiven me, which actually when we put our mind to it, it's really fairly easy to do. And then that helps me realize this is a human thing that I can do. I can, if they can do that, I can forgive. So R, recall to her, E, empathize, A, give an altruistic, undeserved gift of forgiveness. <clears throat> and then commit to that forgiveness. And I might do that just by writing myself a note. So I commit to myself. I don't have to tell the world. I just tell me that I forgave on such and such a date, such and such a time. And then the reason that it helps to commit to that forgiveness is so that H, I can hold on to that forgiveness whenever I doubt. And I, I likely will doubt. Suppose that my boss continually, you know, is, I think, unfairly on my case. And I go through this process and I forgive my boss for this. And she, you know, is then there on Monday morning when I go into work. What is likely to happen is my feelings are likely to rise up uh, and, and, and negative feelings. It doesn't mean that I haven't forgiven her. So if I can remind myself, oh, no, I've forgiven her. What I'm feeling right there is the same conditioned reaction that I would feel if I burned my hand on a stove and then after it healed up, I got near that stove again. I would feel anxiety. I would feel anger uh, because that's one of the responses we have to pain. And then this is psychological pain. So recall the hurt, empathize altruistic gift of forgiveness, commit to the forgiveness that you've experienced so that H you hold on to that forgiveness when you doubt. Well, um, thank you for going through those. Um, I have been working through over quite a few hours, uh, that process in my own life. And it's very, very dense. I've walked through it real quickly. Um, there is profound thought and research behind every one of those steps, and we'll talk about those more. But I think what I'd say right now, Ev, is um, we all tell ourselves stories about what it is that people do around us. And I'm thinking of one of the stories that you told. I'll ask you to tell it if you remember it. Sometimes I wrote a book years ago. People will ask me, you know, explain something, and I, I can't remember it all. You know, you had these great seven points here. I have no idea what they are. So you may not remember this. But I was thinking about how we all tell stories, and that's part of what sustains our anger. 
is the stories we tell ourselves about what jerks other people are. I remember we had friends whose little child said to his mom one time, mom, how come every other driver is named? And then I won't say the name. <laughs> yeah. It's a short visit of Richard that the kid wanted to know, how come every other driver's name that? Cause that's what the mom called them all. We all tell a story. You write about somebody who couldn't get around a car that was like double parked out in the street. The driver had gone inside a building. And so the driver that was behind that car was furious, ready to do physical violence until he saw the driver of the first car coming out of the building. Do you remember that? I do remember that story vividly. I was riding my bicycle to work and I, I see this thing unfold. So, so this guy stops and he just queues up traffic all around him in rush hour. And, you know, you're thinking that is the most unthoughtful, you know, person I may have ever met and I'm having to stop because I can't even negotiate my bike around this snarl of traffic and suddenly here he comes out of the building and he's carrying this little girl that was obviously his daughter who is crippled and and all of a sudden I'm like oh yeah what a nice guy I love that guy <laughs> he's, he's a warm human being <laughs> It makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah. So so today we're going to walk more through the REACH model and, and work on it in our lives as we seek to become people of forgiveness. But just ask yourself as you go through today, what story am I telling myself? And it could be about somebody who's driving on the road. It could be about somebody who is behind the counter could be about somebody that you're working with, co-worker in the other office, could be about spouse or a child. What's the story? And might there be another story? Might I see that person coming out of a door carrying a burden I had no idea they were carrying that would lead me into a completely different response and different reality? Um, is there another story? Is there a more redemptive story to tell? Ev, thank you so much. I, I know we got to stop now. Love to have you back on another time. Yeah, well, this has been fun. I always enjoy talking with you and interacting and, uh, you know, being able to share things that the Lord's done in, in my life. And so it's always fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. At Become New, we want to grow spiritually one day at a time, but it's tough to do that alone. So we're offering a little more support for anyone who would like to work on putting the content into practice. You can sign up to receive a text at the end of each week in this series, asking if you completed the here's how portion for that week. If you want, you can reply to the text and let us know how it went, or if you need prayer in taking those action steps. To sign up for the end of week reminder, just text the word MORE to 855-888-0444 and we'll put you on the list. As always, to receive the emails or video links by text, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. If you're already signed up for the emails but aren't getting them, try checking your spam folder or better yet, you can add us to your contact list. Our email address is connect at becomenew.com. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Text your specific prayer request to 855-888-0444. 
There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray specifically over every person who sends a text in. We'll catch you next time.